What's going on, guys? This is Trailpod. My name is John J. II, uh, and I'm here with a couple of my buddies today. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hey, everybody. My name's Tim. I'm a good friend of Johnny's. Hey, guys. It's Justin Peterson again. Yeah, yeah. So these guys both live at the house, uh, both housemates. We have a lot of conversations all the time. Uh, we bounce ideas off each other quite a bit. Uh, and today we got some good topics on the lineup. Um, so the first one we got is the future and its uncertainties and what we can do to plan in the present, uh, kind of to, you know, just look into the future from the present and just kind of see where we're going, see where we're at, uh, and kind of see where we want to go. Uh, Timmy, what do you think about that? Just when you hear the prompt, what do you think? Well, to be honest, first off, when I heard the prompt, I thought that's something that I'm not very good at. Um, when it comes to planning, I've kind of let my life play out and... I've had large goals in certain areas of my life. For example, I did track and field in college, so I put a lot of my energy and time into that. And I've had passions outside of that, um, but I find that I never really articulated a lot of goals specifically, and I think that that would have been a, a very helpful thing for me because whenever I did articulate goals specifically, maybe write them down or just figure out that I actually wanted them, then I had a reason for doing all the shitty things that it took to get there. like. For Trek, I wanted to be an Olympian. That might seem like a silly and high, high lofty goal, but to me that was real in my head and it resulted in me maybe not becoming an Olympian, but it certainly was responsible for a lot of my success on the track. Um, and in other areas of my life where maybe I wanted success, but didn't articulate a specific goal like that, I didn't have reasons to do the shitty things that it would take to get to the places I wanted to get to, and so I didn't. Um, so in some respects, I feel unqualified to talk about the topic, but as a failure on the topic, I think you do learn through those failures and you only end up getting better in, in the end by realizing that, hey, I never hit the goal that I was aiming at because I never truly articulated it. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody is, you know, worthy of talking about this topic because it affects us all in different ways, you know, and it's really important to see different perspectives on the issue because, you know, like... Like the prompt says, you know, it's the future. So we all got to deal with that, and it's an inevitability. Uh, time stops for no man. Uh, a wise man said that. So uh, it's important to kind of notice, you know, our faults and failures going into the future and kind of seeing our goals and uh, seeing how we can kind of fix them before it's too late. And that's that's really the that's the basis of life, honestly. Petey, what do you think? Yeah, honestly, I've never really been good with this stuff either so when the topic came up obviously I wasn't necessarily for it but honestly like you, you, you can learn a lot of things from your faults so it's something that I've gotten better at lately just kind of look into the future but I don't know I feel like I've been a lot happier as of late because I haven't been looking too far into the future like I've just been thinking about the things that I want to do in my life, thinking about the kind of person that I want to be and where I want to be in a couple of years. And honestly, I just act on just that impulse alone. So I, I'll, right now I'm not in school anymore. I graduated, same as you. And I want to go back to school and pursue a degree, a, a graduate degree. But in the meantime, I mean, I'm just kind of sitting around enjoying life because I'm not going to be around my friends very long. So I'm not I'm not too preoccupied with the future that it's just gonna pass like like current life is gonna pass me by. Yeah, you don't want That's to one thing that I'm really scared of because looking back and being like, I didn't do all this stuff that I could have done when I had the opportunity to do it. And you can still move forward into progress at the same time. So 
I mean, I sit down for probably an hour or two every day and I just study on my own. I look up the topics that I want to look up, which is nice being out of school is because there's not a curriculum that you're following. You can just strictly pick the things that you're fascinated in and you can learn about them. And it's, it's way more fun. And it's going to give me a leg up for grad school, but I do that on my own time. It's more enjoyable for me now, and I'm still having fun with my friends. And so I think I think looking to the future is a good thing, but I think you can look too far. Like, yeah. Because you don't want your life to pass you by. I, I couldn't agree more. And I was going to touch on that point, too, uh, how it's important to look into the future and really kind of plan for the future as much as you can. But you don't want to get too caught up in that. Uh, because you want to bask in the present because the present is only here for a short time uh, and we want to you know kind of live in the present think about the future uh, but also soak everything up that's happening in the present because it's not going to be here for that long and we you know we want to live it up you know it's going to it's going to pass us by so it's important to not take the time that we have for granted and to use it to our advantage i think doing what you're doing is very productive uh, by studying on your own, studying the topics that are very important to you, studying the things that will be important to you once you do go to grad school, because uh, that will only benefit you, and especially doing that while also enjoying the time with your friends, uh, it's all the better. So that's really great. If I had to touch on it, um, I would kind of encompass a lot of things you guys said, uh, but I think it's very important to have a plan and to look into the future optimistically uh, and just have high hopes because it can only go up. Uh, we look at our failures. I have plenty of failures on my on my track record um, that I can look at and that I can really learn from. And I, I have to learn from because those experiences happen to me for a reason. And I need to take those experiences into account and not let history repeat itself. So I need to take those experiences to myself and just be like, okay, that happened, but I'm going to move on. And I'm going to be a better person because of those experiences. Uh, and I think it's very important to do that. Uh, so, yeah. Let's transition into our next topic, though. Uh, that was good. Let's go into, switching gears a little bit, um, the structure of religion. Is it meaningful or is it pointless? Timmy, I'll pass it on to you. Um, structure of religion. Is I can clarify the question too if you need to. Uh, no, need I to. think I'm just thinking about exactly how to respond. Is I do think like a front fundamental level? Yeah, just on a fundamental level, uh, structural level as a whole, societal, um, and just like how, how has religion shaped society? Is it detrimental? Is it helpful? Uh, and then I'll let you put your own twist on it. Um, well, I guess for starters, I'd kind of define religion in the way that I see it, which is these systems that, moral systems that people pass down to their children in hopes that, you know, that structure continues to to propagate in a good way. And the only ones that survive are ones that work. So I think religion is, in a lot of ways, our, our, our articulated morality. Thousands of years ago, it was passed down orally and through, through ritualistic traditions. Now it's, it's often written down, whether it's a holy book or a collection of holy books. A lot of times people refer to those. Most people throughout history weren't literate, so the structure of religion was a place where they could actually go to learn whether it was through preaching or um, through ritualistic behavior. So I, I do find a lot of value in it. Um, obviously, there are many faults of the organizations that have existed in the past, the Catholic Church, um, you know, currently ISIS. You know, there's, there's a litany of, of organizations that you can point to, and, and you can point to their faults. But I do think the structure and rigidity of, 
of institutions like that keep us from making mistakes, which we continue to make generation to generation because every new young generation thinks that they can look at the traditions of the past and they're like, oh, look at all this BS that we've dealt with. And they can blatantly point out these flaws. And then because they can point out these flaws, they throw out that entire structure and then they're left with nothing um, and no guiding principles. And that's, that's, that's not good. You have to shift slowly over time. And I think religions have and do but the structures move slow, and I think that frustrates people. But I don't think you can take the entire structure and say that it's detrimental or that we should throw it out and it's not beneficial, specifically because of a ph philosophical argument about God or, or picking and choosing pieces that are blatantly and obviously wrong, like you know throwing gays from rooftops. I think objectively we can all say that that's wrong. That's written down in holy books. Um, but there's also so much more there. You know, besides those types of little snippets that you can point out and say, this is completely wrong. You know, I wouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater when it comes to the structure of religion. Very well put. What about you, Petey? Uh, I don't know. It, I, I kind of see it more of like a, as a culture, religion. Uh, it's passed on, and I think it could be either harmful or it could be beneficial depending on how you implement it in your society. Um, and we, like Campfield said, we've seen it, we've seen it go horribly wrong in the past and even in the present, we've seen it go horribly, like, miraculously right. Like, I don't know, it's kind of a fine line. It just depends, it's hard to like group them all together and say what it is, but I mean, I agree. I think it's just guidelines for people to follow through their life. And the main goal of it is to make us better people and give us some hope and something to believe in moving towards the future. And I think, I think that's incredibly beneficial in people's lives. And as long as it's just really easy to get carried away with it, uh, getting into the mess of what is right or what's wrong in the book, like you said, the philosophical arguments that can go on for forever because no one can ever be right because it's, I mean, it's a philosophical argument about something that we don't fully understand. So it, I think it's I think religion is beneficial, but I think it's really important to like kind of individualize it to yourself. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, you can make absolutely. it make it what you it make it make it make what, it what you is make no. it what you is. You gotta <laughs> you just gotta make it your own, man. Yeah, and, I hear that because that's all you are. You're a perspective, and if religion takes you over, you're an animus. You're just acting out something that you don't necessarily even think. You're just adopting a style that isn't you. Yeah. When you make it your own and you have a twist or a unique perspective on the words or what is said, you contribute. And that, at the end of the day, is what we're all looking to do. Even if it's in a small way, if you contribute, that gets passed on. Traditionally, I mean, that's how, that's how culture works. And so if you don't critique it, if you just adopt it, that's wrong. If you just throw it out, that's wrong too. Like, you're, t you're taking what you're, what you're given and you're sharpening it and passing it on. I, I really believe that. So, mm -hmm. And I think religion, in many ways, is the cultural center of most societies. Most societies would not exist without the things that bind them together. And oftentimes, whether people like it or not, it's the culture and structure of the religions that exist there. Um, yeah, I think you find it in, multi, in societies with multiple different religions existing in a small space, they, they really do have some trouble. People like to preach this multicultural paradise, and that can happen if people are respectful. But most people have a difficult time not buying into the arrogance of their own religion, which is the negative part. You know, they, they have trouble reconciling that somebody believes something different from them, and that can create friction. The, the, the relative homogeny of the United States 
was for a time one of the reasons why we were successful. Like you can't look at a place like Germany and what they did during that period in time and think that the power of thinking the same thing doesn't matter. It does. It makes people do incredible things, even if those incredible things can be evil at times. But it's a powerful, it's a powerful center, that structure. Well, that's just how things work. If people want to have a society that works, people genuinely have to believe the same things. Yeah, have, have give similar or, goals. Give or take, I mean, there's some error there, but I mean, generally people will be way more happy, way more productive, better as a society mm -hmm. if we can all get on the same page. But I, I think it's, one thing that I've, really, I've done in my life is I can often separate religion from my faith in a lot of situations. So I, it, it takes a lot of like the pressure, the rules, a lot of the, you're going to hell, you're not going to hell, all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Like you can separate it. And this is what I mean by individualizing your own faith is just like, what do you believe? Like mm -hmm. a lot of people don't ask you, what do you believe? Like you just mm -hmm. kind of regurgitate what the church has told you, which is good. I mean, which is important to your religion because you should know the foundations yeah. of your religion. But you have, in order to actually have faith, you have to make it your own. You have to believe what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to follow it to a T in mm -hmm. order to have faith. Like you can believe in some higher power, you can believe in something, and you could take a lot of the things from any sort of organized religion that you can get on board with. And, and add. Yeah, you can... You can do whatever, and I don't think that's wrong because I mean, if for the people that do believe in the higher power and stuff like that, they gave the higher power gave us these thoughts. So to say that they're not productive and they're harmful, how do you how do you know that that's not that's not a harmful thought to your faith or your religion? You know, it's just kind of like do your own thing, individualize your own religion, mm -hmm. and I think if everyone can do that, I honestly think that a lot of people will be way more happy. Yeah. What yeah, do you think, Big right. You know, I, uh, I like to encompass a lot of things both you guys said. Uh, I think it's very important to use religion as a tool. Uh, and like Timmy said, it can be detrimental, it can be used for evil uh, as far as getting a great population to get behind a certain thing as, as the Nazis did uh, in World War II. Uh, you know, uh, with the Holocaust and everything, it's, it could be very detrimental. Mm -hmm. it, on the other side of the spectrum, it can be very beneficial. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been the structure of a lot of civilization since the dawn of man. Um, and to want to throw these ancient traditions away and want to, and the, just to want to leave ourselves to our own devices, I don't think that's beneficial either. Or to um, trivialize the people that wrote them, wrote them down and followed them. I mean, right. those people were, they had the same size brain we do. They just existed in a different time. Exactly. They had the same information to think philosophically about these questions as we did. Oh, yeah. You know, we didn't learn anything more about the existence of God because we learned about evolution and learned how big the universe was and learned that we came from the Big Bang, which, you know, you may dispute a lot of those things, but the fact is we know a lot more than we used to. We exactly. don't think demons change milk and turn it sour. We know that now. But that doesn't change the philosophical question. Those people thought about it the same as we did and could have the same conversation we're having right now exactly. with no more information. So to disrespect what they wrote down and say it's all trivial and doesn't matter, I think is the height of arrogance. Oh, definitely. And I, I couldn't agree more with that statement, too, either, because uh, maybe we do, we do have a lot more technology than those people did, you know, but they still have the same mind, the same very similar mm -hmm. thought processes that we do. Uh, today as far as thinking philosophically and you know just the whole structure of it all I think there has to be a lot of emphasis put on that because you know people as a whole they 
they are communal. They like to be together, and mm -hmm. they like to believe the same things, you know, so to speak. Putting your own mm -hmm. twist on it and putting your own thoughts into it is also very important uh, in advancing into the future, just because, you know, things change, times change. Uh, a lot of the norms have changed, but a lot of the norms have also stayed the same, mm -hmm. um, which definitely has to also be taken into account. Yeah, people so, are still people, no matter what context you put them in. Exactly, no matter what race, religion, creed, mm -hmm. uh, I think, very similar. I think people just have like a fundamental desire to be ruled. Yeah, I mean, it's a... At a fundamental level, yeah. so it, it makes sense why religion manifested itself to mm -hmm. begin with. I feel like it's a tug and pull, though, because I feel that with myself as well. I do want the security of feeling as though I know, but I also, deep down, understand fully that I have no idea. You know, I have no idea about the no structure about of our reality. I have no oh, idea what but that's okay. is going to happen to me. And, and do, you, do you accept that that's okay? Oh, yeah. Or, or I, I've had to accept that. Okay. for like I accepted that a long time ago, that I would not ever know about these things with full certainty. And that's that's something I came to terms with and I'm very, very okay with. It actually gave me a sense of comfort because it, it let me know that, hey, everybody else has as much info on this topic as you do. It's not, it's not something that somebody can give to you or that you can give to people. It's, well, at least on the faith side. The structure side, obviously, we implement in, yeah. in different ways, but the faith side, which is is huge individually and it requires a, an enormous amount of, of honest and painful introspection if you're going to be real about it. Um, that's something you have to do yourself and it can't be given or taken away. So, so I appreciate that facet of religion. Yeah, that's, and, yeah, that's even people who are religious, I mean, whether they want to admit that they do or they don't, they don't know everything either. They don't yes. know. Like, they could say that, like, God like made the Big Bang or God mm -hmm. just like took out his paintbrush and yeah. we all existed or he just wrote us into existence or mm -hmm. it doesn't matter but the thing is is we're still in a very complex world that we don't understand also people throughout the ages have sought to understand God and, yeah. they, and they act like they know what it is but honestly it's mm -hmm. something way beyond our comprehension so I, I, I don't I don't waste my time trying to comprehend what a God actually is we just it's just a faith that there is something out there, mm -hmm. and whether whether that's the universe for some people or people, it's just themselves if they're that mm -hmm. egotistical or if it's a god that they can actually imagine in their mind. I don't know, but honestly, I don't waste my time trying to conceptualize God. I just take into account mm -hmm. what's around me and the mysteries of life, and I think that's a wonder. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. I, once we know all the answers to everything, what's the point of living? Or that takes all the awe and inspiration out of life. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we necessarily know or have to know or need to know. Yeah. We definitely crave everything. uncertainty. If you don't have uncertainty in your life, it's not worth living. It's not interesting. And I heard a really cool argument about us being some kind of uh, entertainment for the universe because the. Uh, the guy started with this thought experiment. He's like, what would you do if you had everything that you ever wanted? And most people are like, well, I, I suppose I'd enjoy it, you know. But what, what is everything that you've ever wanted, and what do you do when there's nothing more to attain? Also, did you earn it? Also, did you earn it? Did you go through the bullshit to get there? And his inevitable conclusion was if you were to organize a world that would be maximally interesting you'd organize a world that contains all the shitty things that we have like suffering and pain and heartbreak 
Because if you don't have those interesting things, if all that you have is positivity and happiness, then it takes the meaning away from the roller coaster ride that is life. So conceptualizing God for me in that context, like the the what the what the hell are we doing here context, kind of like <laughs> one of the theories that I actually kind of find credence in is that maybe we're just here for some kind of cosmic entertainment because what else is this you know I mean it's just some weird human experiment biological experiment I mean I don't I certainly don't think we're the center of it because the universe is too doggone big for us to well, be the center of it. we're the center of the universe <laughs> <laughs> that's what we thought to begin with but I mean when you when you learn about how big everything is I mean I truly don't think that we're the center or even if there is a God that we are the end product and we'll you know, never see it all. And we have to be okay. Yeah, with you'll it. never see it all. Like, we'll only see a glimpse. That's the crazy part. Our lives are 100, 100 years max. The universe is, what is it, 7.4 billion years old? Something I mean, like that. that's those numbers, deep time, you don't even understand. I know I don't understand it. It's just so much. 100 into 7.4 billion. I mean, you're such a fraction of things. And we're 1 in 7 billion, 9 billion. You're one in nine billion on a time scale of of hundred out of seven point four billion. So what's the significance of that? I suppose you got to figure it out for yourself. Maybe exactly. Got to live your own life, man. Yeah. And you got to be okay with not knowing. Yeah, yeah. Very okay with not knowing. Yeah, I also want to touch on something real quick. I associate as a Catholic on um, the Catholic Church. I'm Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the priest is uh, blessing the Eucharist, there's a whole process that goes on there, and at the end of it. Um, he goes, he, he says to the entire congregation, he goes, the mystery of faith. He just said, he says it, uh, just like that. And that's, then there's like an interlude. And or sings move it. On. I yeah. like it when they sing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he does sing it. I do. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's beautiful. Um, but just that aspect of there, I think really encompasses everything, uh, that we were just talking about and the whole mystery of everything. Uh, are we the center of the universe? Are we, you know... I mean, we can speculate and think and contemplate all night long, mm-hmm. um, but just that mystery aspect of it is very interesting to touch on mm-hmm. and very interesting to just note because, yeah, we do not know everything. We will not know everything until mm-hmm. we cross over to the other side. Uh, and I think you think we'll know way. everything when we cross over? I, I, would, I would like to think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I... I, 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 I think it would be nice. Yeah. But I mean, what to would know everything. I guess like, when, else, when else would we? I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're made... I, I, I mean, don't know if I want to know everything. I don't think our brain is capable of understanding everything. You know? I mean, we're built... We were evolved to exist in the world that we live in. What would, what would a monkey think if it understood the, the totality of our lives? It's not even capable of understanding the totality of our lives. So... And the jump from a chimpanzee to us is certainly in, in the conceptual framework of things much smaller than the jump or, or the jump from human to God. You know what I mean? So how could we ever, in our current state of mind, being who we are, understand the totality of the world or even the universe, even if there was some hypothetical way of downloading that information onto your brain after you died? I mean, you certainly wouldn't be yourself. Well, the idea is you wouldn't be John. Not. You right. know, the idea is be... that there's no boundaries. Well, maybe. That's part of the mystery, though, too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly the mystery. I mean, I don't know if I'm capable of understanding this brain, this human brain that I have. I mean, obviously, with Christian faith, when you die, you're not flesh and blood anymore. You're a spirit, or at least that's my understanding. And that spirit's capable of maybe different things than your flesh and blood are. But 
if you're in that state, you're certainly nothing like what you are now. You're not, you're not John at age, what are you, 22? 23. 23. I'm not Tim at age 26 trying to figure out life. I'm a transcendent thing, I suppose, um, which in no way, shape, or form I would view as myself because I view myself, and maybe I'm wrong about this, as a biological being. You know, I reside in my head. You cut pieces of my brain out, pieces of me literally die. And I can continue on, but I'm a different person. I behave differently. And given that, when my brain dies, what is it that's going to live on? Is it a spirit that kind of takes away the experiences of my life, and then all of a sudden, once I experience God, I get all these, these transcendent understandings downloaded upon me? I don't know. That, that's kind of what I've got from the Christian faith in general, is that after you die, you get this transcendent understanding. But my problem with that is you're not yourself at that point anymore. You know? Not your human self. But yeah. Certainly not your human self, but I mean, even in, in the spirit sense, you know, we, the idea is that there's a spirit that lives with, within you, you know. Yeah, that with, operates your body through flesh yeah. and blood. And I, I guess I was always confused about that transition and what it, would, what it means because you hear from people that it's different things. And I guess everybody doesn't really know anything, but it's, it's confusing to me how, how people conceptualize that in their head. Yeah, this is this is another thing that I. It's it might sound weird, but I honestly don't concern myself with thinking about it because it like a higher power is. I don't. It's not something that we can conceptualize because yeah. what they're talking, what it's talking about, is something that's so far fetched to our complete understanding. It's just what's the point of milling over? What's going to happen when we die? What are we going to do? Like, how is this possible? It's just. Well, I'm happy to admit just, I don't know. You're here now, so. There's no point in thinking about. There's no point in already having one foot out the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, Just I like you're in this more. life, you like be in this life. Like yeah. have the best life that you can. Yeah. Whatever happens after happens after. Whether yeah. your consciousness just ends forever mm-hmm. and that's it. And I mean, you won't know any different. Yeah. And if you do become like either a superior being or you just are in the afterlife or an inferior being yeah it like there's no way to actually know i mean we have doctrines we have books we have all this stuff that can point us in the right direction but we don't really know because all of this is so far out of our realm of thinking there's no there's no point in wrapping our minds up in something that doesn't matter right now you know what i mean so i don't really concern myself with thinking about that stuff and what I, I'm going to go through my life the way that I can go through my life. And whatever happens at the end, my goal is that I'm just happy at the end. Mm-hmm. And whatever that leads to, it leads to. And that's, that's where I'm at. That's the way I think about mm-hmm. it. And then that, that takes all the confusion out of the process for me. Yeah. I just get confused when people make claims like, about it. Because I they don't, don't know. Yeah, I'm, I, and I know that they don't know. And I'm, I wonder why, why postulate. They can have good guesses and stuff based off of the doctrines that they've been... Maybe the hope is useful. You know, the hope of heaven and the fear of hell can drive you forward, I suppose. I've always thought of those things as more real than anything else, though. You can sort of build your own little heaven in your future that you want to point yourself at, whether in in a practical sense. Like like I said earlier, I wanted to be an Olympian. That was my little version of heaven in my head. And my version of hell was, you know, being lazy and not getting practice and being a loser and being a failure. And those, that little hell in my... On my tail and heaven in my future, that abstraction helped me move through life in a way that got me towards my goal as opposed to farther away from it. But when you take that outside of the 
the human existence and you make it transcendent, you lose me. I get lost because I know that nobody knows. Does it, okay, Tim, let me ask you something. Does it frustrate you when people make speculations and when they, when they ponder about it? Not speculations, claims. My, my, the like claims. Concrete claims. I think, it, I think it's asinine to make a concrete claim about yes. what happens afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Then, we're, then we're in agreement there. The postulation okay. and your own personal beliefs, um, they don't bother me, I guess, so much as I just don't understand. And I guess that's an okay thing. But one of the things that I like to do is to truly understand the perspectives of the people that I'm close with. And when I run into a, an area where I truly don't conceptually understand the logic or I guess maybe it's not always logic. Sometimes it's faith-based, but relatively open. I feel like I could try to at least relate since we're all human. We're all doing the same thing, um, though we do have different experiences. When, when somebody abstracts out a belief from their experience that that doesn't make any sense to me and I can't relate it becomes difficult for me because I want to understand right. and I want to relate because I know we're both humans so there's something there either there's a disconnect and I don't like that I like to repair honestly, that honestly one of the best features of faith for me that I really enjoy is it gives you the ability to just let go like, you don't have to get caught up in trying to understand everything, and you don't have to get frustrated with other things. Like, you literally just learn to let go. You take a step back, you look at your life, and and honestly, like you were talking about before, I mean, the heaven and hell thing, it's a good motivator, but us as moral beings capable of empathy, we I feel like we could be better than that. Like, we don't need someone telling us, you're going to go to hell, if you do bad things, mm-hmm. you go to heaven. If you do good things, we should oh, just, that should just that's already hardwired into our humanity. We yes. should just know that. We well, I think those abstractions can be real if you take those things and make them real. Like, you can find hell if you, like Jordan Peterson talks about this, you can find hell just walking down the street and looking at a homeless person who's thrown away their life. Not that all homeless people throw away their life. Some people choose to be homeless. Some people don't. Some people's family die and they drink themselves to death on the street. And that kind of guy, you walk by that guy, he's in hell. Like... He's in hell. That, to me, is so much more real than any conceptualized idea that's written down in a book. You know, there is, there is reality that's in front of us, and so I find those abstractions much more real when they're born out in action and in real experience, rather than as threats of, of where you're going to go when you die. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, very important to note, too, also, uh, just the fact that certain people may make claims based on what happens afterwards and I feel like that in itself is a crystal clear reflection of their credibility yeah. uh, and I think it's impossible to make concrete claims about what happens afterwards and to make speculations and to make uh, just a ponder about what happens I think that's fine uh, and I think it's good to have high hopes good to have hope itself I think high, high hopes for a living right Exactly, baby. If you don't have hope, what is the point of living? That's what it really comes down to. Yeah. And also, just to reiterate a point that was made earlier, um, if we had everything that we were all 100% certain about, um, what would be, what would the hustle be about? Why, mm-hmm. why, why would be, why would we want to know anything more that we already know everything? 
there would be no drive to want to learn anything more. There wouldn't be no drive uh, to live anything any better. Uh, if we did, if we lived in a perfect world where there, nothing bad happened, yeah. um, we wouldn't have any bad things to compare the good things to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's very detrimental too. Yeah, yeah. It honestly, makes you for bad times. Yeah, you had that. You had that other topic, um, and honestly, it encompassed it all. Kind it? of. It's just like. Like, what is the relevance of our existence and our and humanity? And it's just like, it's hard to say, but I think we are all here for a reason, but we don't. You do believe that? We are all here for a reason, but we don't know what it is. So, you do believe the, that we're here for a reason? Yeah. I do too. And yeah. whether, what about you and I think, I think everyone I can believe that, honestly, whether that's, whether it's congruent with a higher power or not, or if we're just here to live out our lives like there's still a reason but we don't yeah. know exactly what it is so the best like thing an overarching reason huh yeah. an overarching general reason or a specific personal reason uh no I, it wouldn't be specific i mean it's pretty universal to people and i don't think it's necessarily one thing it's yeah. probably comprised of different elements but we honestly i don't know how to explain it because i don't know what it is but yeah. i believe that there's a reason to everything and that doesn't necessarily mean that we're being like manipulated or controlled or it's all part of a computer simulation. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a reason for everything. There's a reason for everything. Yeah. Like we're having this podcast. There's a reason for that. Maybe. There's a reason we're doing this podcast. And that whether that's different personally, it doesn't matter because the best thing that we can do right now is to go through this podcast, just have a conversation and just enjoy it. And that's the same thing with life. Like you we know what we, we want to do. We know what we want out of life. And whether that takes whether that takes a long time to figure out, we all figure it out at some point and whether would like to think that we could. Yeah. Or, or It'd be nice if everybody could. Some yeah. people do, yeah, I think, I suppose. and some people don't. Yeah, I would say like the average ambition the average ambitious human knows what they knows at least the general direction that they want to go yeah. in their life. And, they certainly can feel that, when they're on a path of goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that, de- that direction can be as general as just success. Yeah. Gives well, you no information, no information, but that's a reason in your life to keep going. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I just think, I think there's a reason that everything, that there's a reason to our lives. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a part of a bigger picture, but I, I think the best thing that we can do is to just honestly just live our lives. Yeah. It sounds super simple, but we can just do what we can. We don't have to focus on an afterlife. We don't have to focus on, oh, shit, I'm going to die. I'm just going to rot in the ground someday. i got to do all this shit before yeah. I die. You don't need to get caught up in all that. You just live your life. We're here. and There ain't nothing you can do There's about nothing it. you can do about it. So we're here. Yeah. There's a reason for Enjoy it. Enjoy the There's ride, reasons for it. We don't understand. Yeah, exactly. and, yeah. I, and the reasons could be strictly evolutionary or they could be mm-hmm. metaphysical. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I would be an advocate that a lot of our own... Um, afflictions are evolutionary based and evolutionarily I, based in our motivation to move forward and to be the best and you know the I, only I thing agree. that survives is the one that 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 properly exists at the time and, and by that I mean is the most effective at living whatever that means you know reproducing and we're a product of hundreds of millions of years billions of years of evolution and we're stuck in those confines mentally you know. Well, evolutionarily speaking, like that's our purpose in life is just to live and as long as possible and reproduce. Yep. Keep our species going. Keep our specifically our genetics. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Because if you don't pass on, then you don't continue to exist. You don't what you are, 
doesn't continue to exist, at least not in the way as a human. I mean, you die and you decompose and become other things. And that's why but, that's what we're hardwired to do. And that's yes. that's a big reason why sex is such a huge component in our lives. Yeah, is because yeah. we are driven to reproduce. We are driven to mate. Yeah. So it's funny how big of a thing that is in our culture too. We still haven't escaped escaped the confines of animalistic behavior surrounding sex. I mean Men are known to be easily manipulated with sex, powerful and successful. Like our leaders, the people that we elect to run everything for us. I mean, how many times have we seen sex scandals involving those guys? And it's just sex, you know? I don't know, I don't know why it's demonized. Like, it's our purpose. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, well, I'm not like, Evolutionarily speaking, I mean, it's our purpose. I mean, in the sense that, people... that we like to think of ourselves as elevated above a lot of other species. But in that way, we are as animalistic as a chimpanzee, you know, or as a mouse. I mean, we have human beings that rape other human beings on a consistent enough basis that we have laws and advocacy groups and fundraisers and support groups to deal with that fact. And we like to think of ourselves as somehow outside of this realm of animals. And it's like, we're not outside of this realm of animals. We are animals. Within the past hundred years, we've killed hundreds of millions of people. We're just an but we have this society. idea that we're somehow... This, I, I really don't believe we're the center of everything. You know, I don't think we're the reason for whatever this experiment is. I think we're a part of the experiment. And whatever exists after us will be... Well, I don't know what will exist after I, us. You, but it's, it's certainly not... I, I, we cannot be the end of it. We can't be the end of it. Or the center of it. I just don't believe that. Okay, what do you, what do you think if you, if you were... You know where this question's going, I'm sure... What is the center of the universe then? If I you can, have no idea. Yeah. I mean, if I was to guess, I would say that this was. Can I ask I what you mean know. by that? I what I mean hmm? by the center of the universe? Well, he just he like stated the literal center of the universe. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is about the literal center of the universe. I mean, everything revolves about around a point. Our, a yeah. point, yeah, and yeah, everywhere is the center. For all the center of the universe, yeah. Uh, you heard that? You probably saw that Vsauce video about it. Um, I learned that a long time. Ago. Yeah, yeah, that's common knowledge. Uh, but basically, <laughs> uh, what I meant by it was, if humans aren't the center of the universe, if we're not the reason uh, for the season, I guess, um, what is? What what know. out there is? That's like you're asking, question. what is what what is out? Well, if it's not us, then who? What is out there that gives the universe meaning? Is that yeah, what you're yeah. Like, what is the goal of the universe for even being created? Why why does it exist? And yeah, this kind of segues back to what I was saying. Like, we don't know. Yeah. And yeah, we know. and there's nothing wrong with being okay with that. Yeah, no, there's I know. I know. But like if if I guess if you don't know, why it's wouldn't cool. you think that it's us? You know? That's that's a good point. Well it's I would say that's as likely as saying that any other given species is the center. Because we're just another evolved species. Granted, we have done incredible things on this planet. However, I mean it's been within the past 500 years that we've really made a serious change. I mean, yeah. prior to that, I mean, we, we, we could have been wiped out by a comet. I mean, even now we might be wiped out by something like that. I mean, if, if a global, global cataclysm that has occurred in the past hit us right now, who's to say that our species would even survive? Given that, our fragility, uh, the vastness of the universe, the fact that statistically speaking, either... We are a complete and total anomaly, or there's billions and billions of life forms out there. More than likely, ones that have completely gone through the beginning and end of their existence in the same way Earth is right now. I mean, our sun is going to explode. 
there are universe or there are galaxies and solar systems out there that are farther along in their development than than we are. And statistically speaking, there should be a planet very very similar to Earth, very very similar conditions. And if life could evolve spontaneously, then it would have. So given that, and given the the numbers we're dealing with and the probabilities that we, we would be dealing with, obviously we don't know what the what the stats are on random manifestation of life. But if there is any reasonable amount that it manifests, like one in one in a hundred million, one in a hundred million planets that look and are sort of similar to Earth, if that's the statistic for how life or or for the uh, the spontaneous existence of of life on another planet, then there are hundreds hundreds of other civilizations out there. Yeah, and if we're if we're if we're the purpose for everything, then I don't I don't honestly don't believe the universe would be the way that it is. It wouldn't be yeah. as, Why as you vast. That much shit? It wouldn't be as vast because. It just wouldn't be efficient, and mm -hmm. the the universe just works. It's a very efficient ecosystem, so there would be no need for all that if we were the sole purpose of it. So there's something bigger out there. We just don't know what it is. Yeah, I think that's important to note too. But uh, just to kind of play devil's advocate, I guess sort, ahead, sort of. Um, I guess say that universe was confined within a certain hypothetical wall. Um, that just okay. There's a wall. That's that's it. That's that's our visible universe. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what would that look like, and would that violate the laws of physics? If More, just the universe was a wall. Well, if the, if the universe was confined, like you know, we, we uh, talked about briefly the vastness of the universe. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't as vast as it is, and it's it's infinitely expanding continuously, mm -hmm. always, um, what would be confining it? What would what would make it not expand anymore? Um, well, on physics level, I have no idea. But on a conceptual level, conceptual. if the world was small, or if the universe was smaller, say maybe even if you just broke it down to just our solar system, and that was all that we could see or understand, and we looked out into space, and we couldn't measure anything, if you tried to go, maybe you bonked into a wall or something, um, if that was our universe, then yeah, I mean, we're the most complex thing here. But I'd have to ask myself the question, okay, where do we come from? I'd look back and I'd see 200,000 years of human evolution just while we've been homo sapiens. And throughout that entire time, for the most part, we had lived in ridiculous poverty and died. Mostly of our teeth, high infant mortality rates. I mean, life was not easy or happy for a lot of those people, I guess, from our perspective. But we changed. I mean, we've gone through several changes. And... There's no reason to think that we will not continue to go on and do more and, and better things as a different species. You know, I mean, 200,000 years from now, what the heck are we going to be? I mean, we're certainly not going to be Homo sapiens. I mean, even genetically speaking, we will not be Homo sapiens. The brain that exists in a, in a quote-unquote human being 200,000 years from now, if we're even still alive, will not even be close to your brain right now. More than likely, we'll have mastered numerous amounts of, of, of newer technology. We're already manipulating our genes. I mean, by then, what exists might be so much farther ahead of us that it dwarfs our intelligence right now. So they would think and look back and be like, well, how did those idiots ever think they were the center of the earth? Well, that in the same way we look at chimpanzees. So I don't know. I don't think of us as overly important. I value humans, but I don't think of us as more important necessarily than a lot of the other things that exist. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I have the human reaction of, like, if you were to choose between a puppy and a human, you choose the human. Because 
Because we're humans. Because we're humans. But what would that mean for somebody 200,000 years from now? They would look at us and be like, oh, of course I choose the, the more modern human because that's what I am. Yeah, but like we're living in this day and age. Yeah. And for you to say that you don't look at humans as more important. I mean, you, you said you'd, if you were to choose. Or the center of the story. Okay. Know? I don't know if we are. Well, you said something about the importance of humans. So yes. I guess if you said you would choose a human over a dog, why wouldn't you think that humans are like the most complex? Well, I do think that we're the most, most complex. complex. Yeah. I think that the fact that I choose the human is because I am human and I can't escape the confines of what it means to be human, which means I have empathy. And if I was to just ask that guy, I lose a little bit of what it means to be a human, or at least what I think it means to be a human, which is to care about you know your partners and and in your blood. Now, obviously, I wouldn't want the puppy to die, given the choice. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, you want both to live, but but when push comes to shove, which things have in the past, you choose you choose your species, yeah. I guess. And well, so if you were not a human, would you would you choose a human over the dog still? I don't know. I it's suppose I'd to have to have a human, uh, non-human. I mean, if I was an alien, hypothetically speaking, say I was like a little green Martian or something, I mean, I could see myself not giving a shit about human life. I mean, we don't really give a shit about the, the animals that we test on. I mean, there's advocacy groups, but the fact is we all use shampoo. You know, it doesn't change the fact that they wash rabbits 15 times a day with that shit and it, like, ruins their skin. And they're torturing things for it. I mean, we just have an... It, it, we, we can't get away from the fact that we have an, an infinite amount of, of uh, an infinite capacity, I guess you'd say, to be okay with the suffering as long as it doesn't occur in front of us or to people that we care about or things that we care about. Um, so, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think that we're the center. And I think everything that exists thinks, that it's, thinks to some degree that it's the center. So do you think, so I think, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but did you say that humans are not the most important species? I think we're the most, I mean, it depends on what you mean by important. Just like, just trying to say I don't, it's a as far question. as relevance goes. Like, relevance? I mean, if I mean as, as the, for the known species that we know about, what, would you say humans are not at the top of that list as most? Oh, we're at the top, for sure. Absolutely, we're at the top. We're okay. the most interesting thing for hundreds of millions of miles around. But... Okay. That's the universe is billions and billions and billions and billions of miles wide. I am under no delusion that I th- that we're the most interesting thing that's going on. Okay. I seriously yeah. doubt that. I seriously doubt that. I think oh. there's probably civil- civilizations out there that perhaps are even observing us. I don't know, but it depends on you know what peak technology would look like. You know, right. yeah. I I don't know what the, what what the the peak is. According I mean, to physics, yeah, who knows we know if it's impossible. Yeah, according, yeah, I mean, but what the fuck do we know? We don't know shit, you know? A <laughs> hundred years ago, they thought, oh my gosh, electricity, this shit's this crazy. And now we're, we're, we got nuclear bombs, we've got drones, we've, got, we've been to the moon, we've, we're looking at going to Mars. I mean, what are we going to be in... We can genetically engineer humans. We can genetically engineer humans. There are so many things that we know now that we didn't know then, and we think of them as sort of... Puddle jumpers. And another... And what, what is another society going to think of what we do right now? I mean, we're still in the phase where we might wipe ourselves out. Another another race that's more evolved might come by and be like, yo, these people are still lobbing nukes at each other. They're definitely not evolved. In the same way that we look at a chimpanzee tearing apart another tribal group and be like, jeez, glad we're, glad we're more evolved than that. You know? Well, one thing that kind of steps with humanity that helps us step out of just strictly looking at the evolutionary processes were highly like complex 
cultural beings. Like, yeah, we can. But that's within the confines of evolution, still. I know, I, I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to give perspective on, like, are we the most important and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. mean, we're we're highly social beings. Yeah, like a lot of the thing, like, like our cats. Like, if I had to choose between you and my cat, I would obviously choose you. But, and, and not to say that they're not like they're not nearly as socially advanced as we are. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just they don't. We form, I feel like we form closer bonds with each other and we can... More complex, certainly. We can, we can form complex thoughts and, and it's so hard to like take yourself out of your perspective and be like, what's more important? Mm-hmm. I, I'm obviously, important to who? Important from our, to what? From know, our own perspective as humanity, I would say that, yeah, we're probably the most important thing right now. To and us, yeah. To us. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it like, poo on everything else. It just, I mean, we're still going to advance our society the best way that we can, and we're going to try to like save the environment. We still care about other things, but, I mean, from our own perspective, it is hard to say that we're not the most important thing because, I mean, we are kind of egocentrical beings, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part of the, what drives our evolution yeah. and how we interact with each other. Yeah, that's... Yeah, let me just pose one more question. So... Us as humans, thinking about other extraterrestrial beings that may be more advanced, more complex than us, to have that theory, do you think it is, you know, viable to have the theory that, or let me say, let me clear it up. Is it viable, possible, or is it stupid to think that just as we think that there could be more intelligent beings out there, to also think that... With that being said, that there could be no more. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not out of the realm of Well, the only reason that we we believe that there might be things out, and there probably are things out there, and we say probably in that argument because it's all probability. I mean, Mm -hmm. the universe is insanely massive, and there's there's so much debris in the universe, stars Mm -hmm. exploding, collapsing Mm -hmm. on each other, and I mean, the way that, it's, it's very, it's, the way we look at it is it's just statistically probable that there's going to be another Earth-like planet out there yeah. in a habitable zone in its orbit around its sun. Mm-hmm. and Assuming that this is the only way in which life can evolve. Yeah, and, a, and, if, and if, even if there's the smallest seed of like life on there... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to evolve because, I mean, that's the way the world works. There's an evolutionary process that's going to evolve. Yeah. It has the right conditions. And... I mean, we, well, depending on we whether or not it's a spontaneous event, that's the real question fundamentally, I think, that you're asking or pointing at, which is that is this a spontaneous event or not? Is life a spontaneous event or is it created? That's the real question. And I think you can go all the way back to the creation of the universe or whether or not it was created um, and say this, say was, this was put in motion or... And everything since then is just probabilistic. Therefore, within those probabilities exists the probability that life could exist and it must exist elsewhere or that we are a unique event and that we were either seeded by some force or it was preordained that this would be the only place that life exists, which to me seems like an awful waste of space, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so much out there. And I know logically speaking, it it isn't... The universe doesn't have to be logical, but... uh, it really does boil down to whether or not life on Earth was a spontaneous event, and if it was a spontaneous event, then it certainly has occurred on other planets, because it just doesn't statistically make sense that it wouldn't, or that it was a preordained 
thing that was purposefully done by something outside of the realm of, of um, outside of the confines of our universe. Basically, you have to you have to invoke divine intervention. By divine, I mean outside of our universe to say that we are the only things here. Well, in order to truly like think scientifically, is you have to keep your mind open to all the possibilities. Like mm -hmm. if we we pass, there's. Probably I think there's a strong scientific argument that we that there is alone. other life. Yeah, and I'm saying like I'm it's very very possible that we are the only ones, but I mean if you look at the whole evolutionary process of the universe, I mean look at what it started out as. It started out as not a lot. And then what happened it, it created it started masses started forming together, created mm -hmm. stars, they exploded, made heavy and within stars it created other elements and so, at some point along that way these elements created in a fa uh, combined in a fashion that created life. Yeah. So if that can happen here, what's the well? That's the that, question. Was that, that a random that was that a random occurrence or I was that was. divinity? Because if it's a random occurrence, then there is most certainly it would be absurd to say that there isn't life out out there. Yeah. If it was a divine intervention, aka the you know the hand of something outside of our universe, that's the only way you can really come to the conclusion of we're the only things in this in this universe that that possess. Uh, Consciousness, you know, it has to either have been given to us, or it's a spontaneous event and it's everywhere. I think it develops. Yeah, if well, if it develops, then it's got to be elsewhere, right? Just because no, there's. You don't think it's divine, huh? You don't think it's divine and in, in saying that? I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I don't really believe that we were like poof here all in one day, because I mean, we just we know what evolution is, but there's nothing saying that, like the everything that has happened. Could be within the confines of some kind of prime some sort of divinity. Like, I'm not ruling things out. Okay. okay. Like, yeah. like the way that I think about divinity is, is just on a much more grand scale. I try not to limit it to what I can conceptualize. Like I was talking about before, it's just I, I see the world as it is, and I'm studying it, yeah. and I see no harm in that. Um, yeah. And if there you is no harm in that, yeah, a prime with a divine force, it gave us these. More. It gave us these thoughts. So why why is pursuing them so bad? It's not. And I think that based on what we know, I think we are an anomaly, but I don't think our universe is necessarily limited to one anomaly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and that's just a belief. Yeah. We don't know that for certain. It's probabilistic, and we could possibly be the only ones, but I would like to think that there's something else out there. And it's wishful it's thinking. Think it's wishful thinking because there's if there is something else out there, I mean... We will never have contact with them. So more than likely, our unless generation they, will not. I unless mean, they figure out something that we don't know, so they can communicate with us. Well, like but I said, it may be that they already know about us, and that there's but it would be so no far away for them to have. Well, I mean, even if you travel at light speed, it would take millions, billions of years to reach. But that's us. what their current understanding of physics. That's what I'm saying. Unless something our else. Current understanding. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. with our current understanding, it's impossible, but. Mm -hmm. Unless it's, they choose to reveal themselves. And it's have, all just wishful you know, thinking, honestly. Advanced technology of some kind that they've observed us with. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's just food for thought, and I think it's interesting to wonder about the world. And it's a great way to stay in shape. And it's a great way to stay in shape. Well, guys, yeah, I think that's a great way to kind of pit stop and be done. Uh, you guys got any last words? Thanks for, for listening. If you're still with us, appreciate you guys thinking and caring about what we think. Yeah, this is always fun, guys. Yeah, this is all, we always have a great time here on TrailPod. Uh, we always have some good conversations poke some devil's advocates in there, uh, have a good time. Uh, it's always a great conversation with these two. Uh, and you guys can look forward to a lot more coming from us very soon. And as always, I'm John Jay II. This is Trill Pod, and have a great night. <laughs>